Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Siakam, the slam! Well, you mentioned Kyle, so may as well pivot to Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Tell me, how is he a unique teammate from all the people that you've encountered in your illustrious NBA career? 16 he years, is, by the way. That's hell, that's hell impressive, by the way. I'm I sure appreciate that's you. you. That's thank very you good. so much. Thank you. Thank you. He is as pro player as any player can get. Like, yeah. he is for his guys. That's on and off the floor. That's game day, practice day. That is whatever. But he has such a pulse, like such a feel of the pulse of the game. And that's that's why his value is also one of those guys who's not always going to be in numbers. And we talk about all the things with like him taking charges and his plus minus and the deflection and all those things. Those things come from him just feeling what's needed in a time. He knows when to get guys shots. He knows how to spread the spread the wealth around so he can come back to his main guy to make sure double teams are coming. He understands so much and he's encouraging to his players. He's he knows when to get on their ass if he has to. Like he knows, he understands, and he can receive it also. I remember numerous times of me walking up to him to a timeout and telling him to be him, like to to, to come on, not in not in in a disrespectful way anyway, but just reminding him, like you know. Like, you're an all-star point guard, too. I know you're deferring and you're trying to do all these things, but we need you to be yourself, too. And it was the head nod. I got you. There was never no fight back over that. There was never no hmm. who you think you are talking to me like that type of thing. And that's important as a leader because the leaders are leaders. The greatest leaders are the greatest servants. I'm a firm believer in that. What kind of leader is Kyle, then? Outstanding. We're talking about a guy who... It's a lot of unseen things, but we're talking about a guy who's working. That's on why his I brought you here, man. Craft. I want you to see see it for us. He's a <laughs> guy who's working on his body and his craft all the time. Yeah. I went with him numerous times. We're talking like us getting up at six to be at Pilates classes before and getting shots up before even getting the real work of practicing. Um, he is the type of guy that makes sure he'll stay and shoot with a guy or or tell a guy to come shoot with him before practice that's going through a little low. Like Scotty, he would have Scotty with him in the gym. Not trying to tell him how to do his do, change his game, just being in the gym with him. Like, it's just enough. We're going to go through this workout. I'm not going to tell you this is wrong, that's wrong. We're just going to get the work in. Just to remind you that this is the main thing and to keep the main thing the main thing. How long have you known Kyle? Um... We didn't have a real relationship before I got to Toronto. Yeah. We we clicked when I got there, but like we had it in passing. Like obviously, I had played against him a few times and things like that. We knew of each other, but like our friendship didn't start till we were in Toronto. What was your perception heading into Toronto of the Groat? That he was a pit bull. Yeah, like that he was gonna do anything he could do to help his team win the game. Like that was his reputation from from day one, and that mm. he was gonna flop a little bit sometimes. <laughs> but we knew that already. So you knew he was taking charges and you knew he was going to bait yeah. you. Um, but yeah. You, know, you played to was, win the was, game. You played to win the game, right? You played to win the game. Like, Do you remember your, the first time you met him? Like uh, with the Raptors, I mean. Like the first time uh, they came in. CJ, Kyle, how you guys doing? That kind of thing? Honestly, really, it was media day because I got to Toronto late my first year. 
just because I had some I was I had some family stuff that happened right before. So I got there type of uh, kind of late. Um, but just that media day and this um, and it's good at that time, though, because I have a reputation also of who I am as a player and what I bring to the table. And and, and I was feeling a need. So, you know, I had a track record of being able to do this. It wasn't like I was a young player that we were taking a chance on kind of thing. Yeah. So it's easier with veteran guys um, stepping in front of each other. There's a respect already there. So it was easy for us to click on that point because I know you have to be a worker to do what you're doing and to be who you are and to be in the league for this long. So there's a base level of respect that's so easy. Hmm. Have there been occasions like specifically where you saw Kyle's leadership shine through? Um, he's able to take over games like we had talked about. We've seen it so many times uh, throughout his time with the Raptors and even with Miami too, when he's got to turn up a little bit and look for his own offense, he can do it. But um, it seems like his leadership was on and off the floor. Were there occasions where you saw him do something maybe with the teammate? You mentioned um, pulling players aside, that kind of a thing. Anything stick out to you? Um, I mean, just his his approach to how he treated everybody and how he was with the young guys and how he was with, with, with the people and the things he did in the community, the things like he was just, he went as hard on the floor and off the floor and everything that he did. If that makes the most, I think like it was such a, it was the same person in every, in all those rooms. So the same person that dives on the floor and, and takes hits on the floor, that's the way his approach was to everything. No, let's try to win the game. Like, yeah. if we're going to do something for the community, let's try to do it the best we can. If we're going to yeah. have a team dinner, let's make sure that we get some out of it and everybody gets there. Make sure everybody's there and on time and that we can, you know, build this fellowship, build this brothership, um, brotherhood, I'm sorry. But he just, he, he's, he's a pit bull, like I said. Like, that's, that's yeah. his approach on everything. Like, and it's refreshing to see that in every room. But, like, a guy like him, just the way he plays the game is almost enough, though. Yeah. He does any and everything. Like, he's felt no matter what. If he's one for 13, he's still felt in the game. And there's a lot of people that, that we can't say that about. Sure. And that, again, it speaks to his, his authenticity as a person, right? Same person on and off the floor, whether he's good, whether he's bad. He knows who he is and he knows what he offers. And when we uh, talked about Fred Van Vliet last episode, you had said that it's easy for Fred to, you know, defer when he needs to contract year when there's so much at stake for him personally, his family, uh, Kyle always talks about generational wealth. You can do all that stuff when you are comfortable with who you are, when you know yourself. And it seems like Kyle, you know, over time, he's really found who he is as a person and who he uh, wants the imagery of, you know, the, his NBA peers, what he wants people to think about him. And mm -hmm. it seems like everyone, like when it comes to his teammates, everyone kind of likes Kyle. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't meet anybody that didn't like him, that played with him. Like I don't, yeah. I haven't, I haven't got a story. I know some guys that have played against him that don't like him, but it's strictly because he, yeah, <laughs> what happened on the floor. Like he's trying yeah. to win the game, and that that gets thrown away once you're in front of a guy. You know what I mean? Most times, some some of it doesn't, but like <laughs> most times. But it's it's such a um, a genuine approach to everything. Yeah. Was the Colin Demar bromance as great as we all think yes. it was? It, it, it is. <laughs> it is. It's it's exactly like in every way that you think it is. It's exactly that. It's this. Like those guys yeah. are. It's like it's 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 great to see because you don't see it. Like we you know guys that are really good friends. Like mm. so. Like 
they make they make uh Pascal and Yak look like distant cousins. <laughs> like and that's the best way to put it. That's the best analogy I can think of for that. Yeah. You mentioned uh, doing Pilates with Kyle and one of the ongoing talking points aside from last season, because he had other things going on um, in, uh, in Miami with some of his personal matters. And so that's a separate thing. But even when he was in Toronto, I remember, and it's been going on for years, people talking about his weight and saying that he's too thick and that, you know, the skinny Lowry season, I think that was 2016 where he had his arguably his best year, although I still think that uh, 2019, 20 was his best NBA season, but I mean, where do you stand on someone like Kyle and the, the weight, the weight conversation, because he is a a unique build. And I think that does contribute to, um, I guess some of the opinions that people have about him, you know, first of all, the first thing is, um, body types are different. We know this. Yeah. Like and, and and when you're standing in a place where most of the body types are the same and you have a different one, this this becomes the thing. And we and oh, the funniest thing about it, my wife takes up for him more than anybody. She's like, I've seen Kyle. You, if you see Kyle in person, he is not fat. He, she's like, he has a big butt, which is true. It, it, it does. He has a big. It butt. does that's not the, lie. <laughs> that's the thing that everybody talks about. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that he has a big butt, but like his stature, he, he's built differently, but he is not he's not fat by any means. And I know the work I've seen the work done and they always talk about skinny Kyle that one year. And that's said because that was the year he made the biggest change to his body. Cause he was bigger before then he made the biggest change. And you see that change changed his career. Also, he went to another level with that change, but I don't think if he is a, at his height and the way he plays, if mm. he was smaller, he would not be able to be the Kyle Lauer he is his body wouldn't have been able to withstand it. Yeah. His mentality, who he is, the way he plays, his career would have been shorter. Hmm. It would have went away. And, and, and at the same time, like we can't trust the trolls. Like they just, they're just looking for not, something no. to say. Like we're yeah. talking about people that are just waiting for anything abnormal out of the normal to attack. I got called fat my second year in Toronto and I was 6'6", six, six, 225 pounds, like 5% really? body fat. Yes. Wow. And I got called fat at 20, 20, 25 pounds, five, six percent body fat. Started the year. I got called fat. And I'm not who was that person? Who was that person? There was just numerous people. Like it was just a thing. Like, because you're not built like everybody else. Like, and these are also the same people that if they walked up on you, they'd be intimidated. So, like, you know what I mean? So that dude is a world-class athlete, proven. That's stamped. Yeah. And like, I don't, it shouldn't be talked about in that manner. Like, I know it's jokes, what a lot of it is, but some of it is taken serious. And when it rolls into a reason for losing a game or the team not being as good as it could be, that is not the reason. I've never, I was on a team with him and we never, I never felt like we lost the game because he was out of shape. Yeah. Let's put it like that. I never felt like that was the reason why we didn't do anything. Ridiculous conversation, but I think because you have uh, some experience, obviously playing alongside Kyle, maybe you could offer a bit of fodder to it, but I I never agreed with it, especially because like he's been an all-star multiple times while people said that he was quote unquote overweight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like, what are we talking about? I think people, it does take some players time to understand what makes 
their body sing? Like what's going to make them the most effective version of themselves? And that's not going to always be the same. The point that you made about him having to be a little bit stronger because of the hits he takes is sound. And I think Fred's actually talked about this a little bit too. He plays a very aggressive style of basketball. And last season, it took a toll on him. Hopefully he doesn't have to take on that kind of load again, but he does fall a lot. Right? You got to be strong. You see the type of work he did this past summer to prepare exactly. himself for that. Yeah, like he went to Mister Do It Moving, who's like a great NBA trainer now, who's, who's proven a lot of guys, making them changing their durability, changing the way they move, helping their process, and and giving them the tools that help them play a long, successful season. Yeah. Um, you see it with guys all throughout their careers. Those guys change positions um, because of the way the game changed. I remember going small before the whole league went small. And I was guarding Derek Favors, Zach Randolph, Louis Scolas, Dirk Nowinski's, Kevin Garnett's. So I got bigger because of that, and I hated it. My body mm-hmm. did not like it. Like it, yeah. it was it. I I got injured more because of that than actually taking the beating. Hmm. No um, kidding. And there's just yeah, there's just so many. You got to figure it out. Like it's just like it's a job, but I have to respect that, and I have to try to make myself put myself in the best position to do that job well. But like. Yeah, it's it's just things you have to go through and learn. And young guys um, definitely have to learn it faster now because the game is mm-hmm. not allowing them time, and to and and the media is not allowing them time. And like we're, we're going to talk about that Zion is being killed over it. We don't know the whole story. No, and that's and that's also a thing too. I can't I can't blame you for making an observation all based off all the information you have. That's the only information you have like as a, as a fan or something. So you're looking for something to say, and that's all I have. So I have to say what I know, like, I, and yeah. I get that. And that's why we're here. I'm not media. That's why I'm here to say what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we got to talk to Shay, who's slowly becoming the new Captain Canada. Okay, because this man is, going, is on a run, a heater that is unprecedented. A couple of stats for the people. I'm not going to give you too many because it's hard to digest them over audio, but... Overall, he is amongst the league's best in drives, field goals made in drives. He is one of the best in terms of isolation possession, so how many possessions he gets per game. He has more point paints per touch than Joel Embiid. That's not a slight at Joel Embiid. That just means Shea is that good. Um, Shea has 10 30-point games this season. He has 18 two-point attempts per game, 18 and he's making 56% of them. Final stat, first player to average 32 points per game and shoot 54% from the field through the first 14 games of a season since Michael Jordan uh, in 1988-89. Yeah. An unprecedented like level of play right now. And yesterday we watched him uh, hit a game winner against <laughs> Washington Wizards. And I'm not even sure if his, his IG post or his play is better. Because he posted this afterwards. He's like, because I'm in D.C., just call me Hemi Carter, as in Jimmy Carter. Because he he's always calling himself him. And some guys do it, and it's not really right. But he really does seem like he's becoming him. Yeah, I, I can't deny it. But part of becoming him is acknowledging it. Yeah, that's a like if I don't if I don't If I don't ever say that I'm him, why would anybody else believe it? Or why would I believe it in the, if I'm not actually – living it out, going through it. But he's proven it. That guy is special, special. Um, he creates space so well. He has such a great pace to his game. Don't speed him up. 
He's always – which allows him to make these reads and he's patient. Obviously, we know by the numbers he finishes so well, floaters at the rim, but his mid-range stuff is so good. Um, and he's ma- and he's making threes when it's available too. That's the other thing. It's not like he can't do it. That was one of the things you, you as he was growing, you were wondering because some a little bit of his mechanics, if he was going to be fluid with as a as a ball handler shooting threes like mm. that. But he's making step back threes when it comes down. This isn't the first game when we've seen him make. He's got a record. He's got a, a reputation of doing this too in certain positions. Sure. Um, but he is he's he's special, man, and and that confidence. And he's efficient. He's not just jacking up everything. He's not just like that's a that's another thing that's crazy because it's not like he's around. This is not a shot at those guys, but it's not like he's around a bunch of other top tier guys. He's a bunch of round of guys that are growing into who they're gonna be. And there's yeah. some really talented guys on that team that are gonna grow into being special and serviceable NBA players. But he is the only one of that type of caliber there. Meaning defenses have a chance to focus on him. Sure. There's not another guy to, to take some of that load off, and he's still doing this at this efficient rate. Hmm. What were your impressions of, of him when you played against him? There wasn't too many crossover seasons, but there were a couple for sure. Um, do you recall what it was like playing against him? Did you see like these kinds of glimpses of superstardom from him? So in all honesty, no. I thought he was talented. I thought he was going to be a good player in our league. Obviously, I thought he was going to be here. I thought he was going to have a career. I did not see Hemi Carter. <laughs> I, I, I did not, but at the, he's he's in LA in the beginning, right? Coming off the bench, he's behind uh, Chris Paul for a second. Um, but this is the thing, also like the change of scenery did this for him. That yeah. space, that space in Oklahoma City did this for him. It gave him that room to expand and to see. Oh, okay, maybe I can try to add this, and I can do this, and I can do this, and they gave him. And it's a kudos to OKC, too, for recognizing it hmm. and, and pushing them some, too. But he is – he took it and ran with it. <laughs> like, I don't, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, he's amazing. What facets of his game make him such an unbelievably tough isolation player? I, I really believe it's the pace and the patience. Yeah. Obviously, he's got a good handle. He's a little herky-jerky. He's got a lot of stop and go to him. But, like, that pace and patience – allows him to see the defense's mistakes Mm. or like wait out their mistakes. Like he'll force you in an angle and he's able to be at such a, like there's guys sometimes that are so slow, they're hard to guard because you're, you it's almost sometimes you get ahead of him and he's able to change directions and do things that'll keep you off balance. And then that stop and go is always hard to guard because you're off balance. Like it's not always speed, it's change of pace. It's being yeah. able to go from slow to fast or slow to slower or fast to fast. It's not always just being fast. Like yeah. Delano is super fast right now. The second he understands how to go from slow to fast or fast to medium and things, then it's really hard to guard. Hmm. He has so many counters. And is that like, is that contributing to the pace that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Because he ha- he knows that he has like mm-hmm. 15,000 different moves he can do at any given mm-hmm. point that he's never going to be rushed he knows his pace and he's going to be doing the pace that he wants to. And that pace is like another 11,000. He has so many different ones. I think like we talk about having the stuff in your bag, right? Having a bag in the game. I think I don't. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think it matters how many things you have in the bag if you pull out 12 at one time all the time. You know what I mean? Like sure. if you do a bunch of combos in a row, you never get to see what's good. You're just doing moves and like eventually defenses just back up and like let you tie yourself out. Um, I think the fact that he has all these things in his bag, but he's willing to just literally go right and go by you yeah. If that's what you give them makes him the most dangerous. Um, and that's just, like I said, the being able to have that pace and patience to be able to just make reads and make it simple. But if you want to make this hard, then we can, we can dance. Like that's yeah. the thing. <laughs> like, and he's got good feet. Um, and he understands how to create space. Man, when he has a ball and uh, he has a head of steam, like it's zoom, zoom to the rim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can and do that if he wants and to. He's, He's long and it's so his steps don't always have to be perfect to take off and still be at the rim. He can, yeah. he can stretch out. He's, he can slide and, and skate by guys too. And that's the thing that makes it so, so interesting. It almost looks too easy sometimes too. some of the stuff he does. He does make it look easy, but it is anything, but <laughs> anything, but especially what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Fan questions, everyone, send in your questions to hashtag AskFresco. We'll do some um, with each episode as we go on towards the season. We've got a couple of good ones here. Let's go down the list, CJ, starting with at Agent PSB 007. Some of these names are going to give me a heart attack. Anyways, how would you describe Kawhi Leonard as a teammate for the approximate half season you guys spent together? Obviously, that was in Toronto and then, unfortunately, or maybe not, maybe fortunately, I don't know. <laughs> you're the one who's going to decide if it was a good or bad thing that you were traded. Um, control what you can control, right? So that's yeah, what I'll go. say about that. <laughs> but as far as with Kawhi, one thing else, he talks way more than you think. Yeah. Jokes, laughs. Like, that was a clip from when I was when I was there in the beginning of that season, and me and him were joking on the bench, and I remember it getting tweeted out, and people were like, CJ's making Kawhi laugh. Like, th- like it was like this <laughs> – phenomenon like it was like mm-hmm. a wonder and i was like no like he's like that all the time with us yeah um but two like he's he he he's a phenomenal basketball player like to play with guys of that caliber especially the guys that do what i do is always great no doubt i wish i would have got more time on the floor with him and more chances to do those things with him and, and to grow with that yes <laughs> but like watching him do what he does on both ends of the floor and what he does for a team and what he's willing to do for a team and take on the challenging things. It's like, it's a reason why those guys won that championship. Yeah. What about his work ethic? Was there anything that uh, caught your eye about that? Or was it just, this guy is just a worker. He's just a worker. And his, his approach is very much like, like his game is steady, 
slow. I'm going to come in. I got my routine. I'm going to do it. And our days, he might not say a word. Don't get me wrong, but he was there. <laughs> like, he yeah. gets it all done. He takes care of himself. Uh, he's not a, obviously not afraid to 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 speak up about certain things and to be done when it's time to speak. But mm. he's just a worker. Like, and he, he's consistent with that, which bleeds into him being consistent on game day. I hope things work out for him. Um, yeah, the neat too. things that are going I, I, on, yeah, that sucks, man. Yeah, really sucks. Okay, um, at AC underscore Clark, can you ask CJ was his thumb really broken when he scored fifty two versus Carter HS? So you're gonna have to give a bit of a backstory on this one because I think a lot of people are gonna be very confused. But go ahead. So the backstory is even crazier than you think. That guy I've known since second grade. Okay. I didn't know that he was the one that asked you that story. Yeah. So we grew up literally on the same street. He's asking this because I used to kick his tail a lot. You can say it. You can say kick his ass. Yeah, yeah I know. But um, but <laughs> he it's he's also saying he's a hater. He's he's asking that to me. But yes, I tore a ligament in my hand uh during that during my senior year of high school. Um, found out that I needed surgery to fix it, but the surgery would have made me miss the rest of my senior year. I would have missed being a McDonald's All-American and all the stuff that I was able to do. And I didn't want to go out of high school not playing basketball. I wanted to finish my – I wanted to have my senior year. I wanted to be a kid. I wanted to have fun. I wanted to play basketball with my friends. And I, and I did some things um, to help strengthen my hand to see if I could manage without getting a surgery. We started taping it. Um, and I just kind of mind over matter type thing. Like, I just – a mamba mentality that thing like early <laughs> um and i just kept it rolling then eventually i stopped feeling it i still i did it has not been fixed to this day damn 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 are but you yes, gonna fix it are yes. you gonna fix it <laughs> no i don't need but yes ac i am who you think i am still to this day <laughs> still him at he least when it, it comes to ac <laughs> yeah he knows that he knows yeah. that uh, at Pasco Fan Club, friend of the program, good guy on Twitter. What record do you think the 2018 bench mob would have if you had your own team? Oh, that's a good question. Mm, I right? don't know. I don't, I don't, I that's I've never even thought about that. You just knocked me over the head. I think we'd be really good though. But like, who's our bench? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that, true. You know, like, talk um, about depth. We need some depth here. But I, I think, um, I think the only thing I will say at that time, we're a really good team and we 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 probably grow even more because we're playing minutes like that, but we don't have maybe somebody develops into like that go-to closer type guy. We we're not none of us are those guys at that time or that guy at that time. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's hard for me to say that type of thing. I think we're really good. I think we're a playoff team for sure. 45, I think we, I think, 47 I think, wins. Yeah. I think we proved that because we we weren't just playing against benches. People were putting people were taking their starters out early so they could be in the game when we came in the game. Yeah, yeah. So I'm 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 really confident in that unit. Um, and there's no saying how much better we could be if all of us are playing 34 minutes a night because there's growth that comes with minutes, especially sure. with those younger guys. I'm I'm pretty much who I am at that time, but there's still a rhythm that comes with playing that mm. minute. A follow-up question from again Pasco fan club. Uh, when did you first see star potential in Fred and Pascal? You kind of talked a, a little bit about this, but um, <clears throat> yeah, nice little concise answer for the for the people. <laughs> yeah, they um they always had traits of that they had the building blocks, which is willing to learn, willing to work, hungry. Pascal, obviously, like we talk about the type, 
in Toronto. Length, athleticism, good feet, um, wanting to be that. And then Fred has just – that's something in here that a lot of guys don't have that, yeah. that comes with his, his story, his route, like undrafted. And we're not even going to get into the personal things that happened to him like coming up too, obviously. We don't need to get into that. But he is – he just he's built to be who he, he – was, he was challenged early so he could come out who he is. He was built for this. He's one hmm. of those guys literally built to be who he is. Kyle talked about this um, after the Miami game, saying that his story is going to be end up being one of the, the best stories in NBA history. It's it's a 30 for 30. Yeah. For sure. It has to be, right? Like sure. if that's what if that's what the thing is still at that time. Like he he's documentary worthy. Mm. Like he speaks so well too. He's so cool. He'd make it really captivating too. When are we gonna get him on the pod, man? Yeah, one thousand percent. I got the he's giving me the okay. Oh, that's a phone call away. That's my guy. Okay, we're going to make that happen real, real soon. Real okay, soon. thoughts? Yeah, thoughts on Nick Nurse playing his starters heavy minutes? That's more of a philosophical question. Um, that's from at Andrea Stolentino. Um, yeah, I mean, we know we need depth, right? You just mentioned the your bench mode would need some depth. Who's coming off the bench for you guys? But um, it is, in the end, it does typically come down to a certain core of players, you know? The mono a mono game six, game seven. You know your five guys that you're going to be rolling with. And Gary Trent Jr. has said recently, actually, he's like, we'll take our five against any five in the NBA um, because they got that trust in their abilities. But how do you think that kind of wear and tear can impact the team going forward? And just like the idea of playing your starters consistently, you know, 37 plus. I mean, it's tough. Like, I've never been a head coach in that position before, um, but. It's definitely tough, but it's also, you know, which is why we talked about earlier that this time and these guys with injuries, this is so important because maybe this time can lead us to get those guys down to 32, 34, Hmm. and um, we can continue to grow, and those guys can prove themselves to be able to give that. But I think it comes down to some trust things too. Yeah. Um, Just young guys that come in after them that are still trying to prove themselves and we're trying to win games, and – it comes down to me having the utmost confidence in the five, that top five. They're really, really good. I mean, and we say you play to win the game. And the way you win the game is to put the best five players on the court all as much as you can. That's it, man. That's <laughs> like, what it comes even, down to. There's, there's no other answer if we're getting down to it. Um, and, and that's – it's like people are upset about the thing that KD said um, when he called mm-hmm. – when he named the players. Like, And it's not a shot at those guys. He's just saying – this group together is not championship. Yeah, We're, they're good. Those are good players, great players that will help teams. But this group together is not a championship team. That's nothing wrong with him saying that. And I would hope those players also know it doesn't mean that like everyone has a role in the NBA, and those guys should know at this point. I mean, you got Joe Harris, um, you got Nick Claxton. He mentioned someone else, but um, you you should know if you're Joe Harris and Nick Claxton that. No, right? We are not the uh, the stars on the team, but we do fill a role that is very important. And, you know, not having bench depth, not having shooters, not mm-hmm. having players who can move without the ball, who can uh, accept their roles and be sound defensively. Those are reasons why teams don't win playoff series, don't win yeah. championships. And people are saying, well, maybe if he didn't say the names, it wouldn't be as bad. So if yeah, he that's says- that's a bad part, actually. <laughs> that's a bad part. No, but think about it. If I say these guys I'm with aren't championship caliber, who am I talking about? 
I know, but it's just like yeah. you're you're putting so much focus on the names. Like now you're just like no, you're picking, no. you're putting a stamp yeah, of their names. Those, that those are, are the guys the playing the majority of the minutes. Yeah, these are the group of guys I'm on the floor with. Like these are the guys I'm gonna name guys that aren't playing. You know what I mean? Like, I know. And I, it's just and the I optics, it. man. It's I, the optics. I, no, I get it. And it, and but that's the other thing when you read the whole thing, the transcript, and you understand. Like you go through the whole thing. He's saying he also says things like my legacy is not going to be based off. He's getting to a mm. point. He's getting to a point of saying the things that I enjoy playing with these guys and we're playing yeah. hard and we're trying to win games. But we're as long as we like I said this before, as long as we exhaust all of our potential as a unit, I can live with losing because yeah. we gave it everything we had. Like that's mm. what he's trying to get to. Like my legacy is based off me helping these guys. Well, when I'm gone and when Claxton yeah. is in his year eight and he's almost an all-star because of the things he learned from me because of this time, like, this is what this is about. And I think we're so caught up in how I would have felt if he said my name. Well, the guy that's tweeting about KD not saying his name is not an NBA player. So, and he's not in the locker room with KD every day. And he doesn't know that it comes from love. Like they, that, there's a relationship built. There's a trust. He's not trying to embarrass them. You're right, and uh, I I tweeted something about this very similar because if you do read the uh, the full article, um, he talked about different. what he learned from his Achilles injury, how much more he values basketball, mm-hmm. and how he's not going to be looking at you know whatever happens now. It's not going to be impacting how he looks at his NBA legacy. He is more focused on how his peers are going to be viewing him, and by all accounts, I'm pretty sure Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, so forth, they like playing with KD. Right. He's a good dude, it seems like. And he's embracing this like new phase of his NBA career. Right. He's got a couple of championships. Anyone who says that he isn't one of the greatest players in NBA history, give your head a shake. Right. And uh, he's just comfortable. He's content with, yeah. his, with himself. Like, and that's actually yeah. a, a skill It's in itself is to be able to be content because you are at like one. You're at peace. Why do you why does why does everybody else get to tell him how he should feel? about his legacy. You know what I mean? That's one of the things. And I know it's part of the sport. We discussed the greatest of all time in the list. And he should he should have done this. He shouldn't have left. He should have stayed. He did this, whatever, whatever. But why does why when he says how he feels about his legacy, there's an uproar. He's the person doing it. Yeah. He's the person who's actually put in the work in time. And speaking of those other guys, Joe Harrison, O'Neal, those guys are better players on the floor with KD. Yeah. Like they, their job is made easier. Hmm. Like if I would love to play with KD, if I'm a being the type of person, like I'm not Joe Harris is a tremendous shooter. I'm not comparing myself to him. I'm saying, but in that role, I would love to yeah. be that guy. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot to mention the name Royce O'Neal. That was another person that was, uh, and yeah. another person who's, who's, uh, again, accepts his role, knows his role yeah. has impactful at his role and it has a necessary role on a winning team. Yeah. And he's playing well, he's not playing yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. He's not playing bad there. I've watched yeah. some games. They're, he's playing well there. It wasn't a shot at him saying he's playing bad. He's just saying this group as a whole. Yeah. And this is a guy who's been on a championship team who should be able to say that this isn't it right now. He's seen it. He knows. Next question, at Tim underscore C10. Does media make too much of a big deal from a player standpoint of playing in Canada versus what? actual nba players think so yes. that was kind of a yeah okay i think so mm. like i i when i got there like i couldn't believe 
first of all, it's not even it's not even like you're go- they make it seem like you're going to, to Antarctica. The, yes. Yeah. Like to, going to, to Greenland. To, enjoy. <laughs> like you're literally I can dri- like I know people that drive from Cleveland. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not there's there's still McDonald's and Taco Bell and all that Popeye's. It's still American. It's not like I'm. it's foreign. It's just that line happens to be in oh, another country, but it's not, yeah. I'm not far away. Um, and I, the biggest thing is if we can get into the whole thing, it started because of the tax difference, the money. Yeah. That was what started the uproar. It was because it started with baseball, I believe in hockey mm. back in the day. Um, they started changing tax rules and things like that because guys didn't want to come because they were going to lose a certain amount of money because of the tax differences. And it just rolled into guys don't want to go there because it's in Canada. It's yeah. never like dug into. Sure. And they've done things to help guys with that. They've done things to help guys with the, they made exceptions in laws to help guys with that tax break and all those things like that. But as far as like Toronto, the city and Canada, the place, I loved playing there. I thought the energy I got from there is nothing like any other place I was. There's nothing like having a country behind a team. Mm. Nothing like that. It's an entire country. This is not a city or a state. Cause sometimes you don't even get the whole state. Cause there's multiple teams. Like Texas doesn't get the whole state. Yeah. There's multiple LA to California doesn't get the whole state. They got a city. So we're talking about a country, a big yeah. one at that. <laughs> Next question from at Ogugwa Shuda. I like it. What? Yeah. Well, you might not like this question though. Uh, uh, what do you think was the reason y'all could never get past the Cavs in the playoffs? <laughs> uh, number 23. Number 23? Is it that yeah, simple? Yeah. I mean, it's not that simple. Not, and I, we also like to disrespect the team too. Those are good guys on that team that compliment number 23. Yeah. I don't know why I'm not saying his name, LeBron James. Like, <laughs> But um, I think we... He be, he be, to a franchise like that that's in that type of situation he becomes villainized almost which you yeah. understand so you just want to know like what it can't be that good it can't be like he is really really good he creates a lot of mismatch problems yes a team that is uh presented to him to make to make his job easier which he's already outstanding at he's got a kevin love on that team uh, J.R. Smith on that team who goes down in history as one of the best three-point shooters of all time. Um, he's got guys that are defensive-minded. They accept the role. Uh, Shannon Fry, who's uh, who's shooting the ball exceptionally well during this time, making mistakes. Oh, he was so annoying. Bigs. Sorry, exactly. he was so annoying. <laughs> you know, like, think about this team and how those other guys are playing as a consequence of what LeBron brings to the floor. Mm. Like they, their level is taken up a notch too because of the attention that has to be paid yeah. to a six nine, two hundred and God knows what pound small forward with a skill set like that. Yeah, and it's crazy. After he left the Eastern Conference in his first season in LA, he had said something to the effect when he was asked about this. He's like, "Yeah, it seems like once I leave the conference, everyone thinks they got a chance in the East." And I was like, "Man, shut up." I mean, yeah, you're right, but shut up, <laughs> okay? Yeah, shut and, up. It, and it's, it's a hard thing, though, because, like, as a player, as your competitive nature, you don't want to – like, you're not – I'm not bowing down to it, but I'm just yeah. being honest about it now, and it's easier to be honest now sitting at home in this chair holding a microphone. It's the same reason why my Utah teams I was on didn't get past the Lakers. Like, Kobe Bryant was on that team. Those guys are that special, and and I hate that as a whole 
we take away from other guys' careers for running into special players. We 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 diminished Carmelo and John Stockton. We diminished Charles Barkley. We diminished so many guys, Tracy McGrady's and guys that are so great that just happen to run into guys who who had who had a little bit more mm-hmm. or who had a, a little bit better team. Who the talent might have been equal. Like Tracy McGrady was as good as anybody. His heyday was unreal. The team wasn't always, though. Not no yeah. disrespect to those guys, comparative to Dwight Howard runs into the Lakers. The run Dwight Howard is on is one of the greatest runs of all time for the big man. Mm-hmm. Like, if we just read his stats out loud, you would say, oh my God, he's a Hall of Famer. You wouldn't say, oh, that's Dwight Howard. Uh, like, there are people get about Dwight. I don't know why. Maybe. It's because the latter parts and some of the stuff that went on. But yeah, the back issues he's had, right? Yeah, but still, Never like really he trailed off. Him and Orlando just alone is a Hall of Fame career. I agree. Good people, send in your questions. Let us know what you think about the show, and uh, if you got questions for CJ, hashtag Ask Fresco. Right? We know the deal. CJ, yes, sir. That's the episode. You have fun, my man. It is great. It is a pleasure. I love beautiful. it. Beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Fantastic. Some parts are going to appear just on YouTube, just so you guys know. So while uh, you might hear some of this on the podcast platform, other parts, looking more analytically at uh, the Raptors, video breakdowns, things of that nature, you will only find on YouTube. So go watch on there too. And also just look at our faces, right? We're good people. Yeah. We're fun to look at. And let's put this out there, since this is K to me. How, do you, how would you guys feel about us picking a game or so of us going live during the game? on instagram and let's talk it during the game making comments and listening to you guys comments and like answering stuff let's i know we can live tweet we can live instagram whatever it is like let's let's play with this a little bit more and see how much engagement we can get when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. How did that? Ooh, playtime. Yeah. Love some playtime. That's well most fun, right? It. Yeah, let's have fun with it. We will be back very soon. Yes, Strictly sir. Hoops. With CJ Miles. Enjoy yourselves, everyone. CJ, final words. Man, Man, y'all stay safe out here. Be blessed. No question. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk soon.